Welcome back to another edition <laughs> of the Russell Fugue Podcast. Leadership, Legacy, and Love. I'm Russell Fugue. It's been a while, man, but uh, February, excuse me, man, November was a good month. Um, maybe we made it through Thanksgiving. Perhaps we can make it to Christmas. It's that most wonderful time of the year. This episode is entitled Thanksgiving and Forbearance. And man, it's got some interesting jewels to drop. Um, first, I'm still, you know, uh, uh, trying to get from the, the, the to the norming phase, from the forming phase on this podcast. So bear with me. I do uh, plan to bring at least one more episode to you this month. There may be a couple. Um, there's some people in my life I want to sit down and talk to and to be frank I'm trying to find a partner who can help me um, create some audio and edit interviews I've done I have some some amazing things on backlog to be frank that I want to deploy in this space that I think you'll enjoy and um, I'm still working on doing that and, and finding the right person and the workflow to do that so getting from the forming to the norming And then I'm really excited for what I have in mind when I get to the storming. And I just need things to run. Because I really have some wonderful people. I want to do some in-depth conversations. The other thing you can do is subscribe to this podcast, which is now available on Stitcher, Google Play, and, of course, Apple. And you can also listen um, on RussellFugit.com now. We got that updated. Shout out to, to my man, Kelsey Abney. Um, one of my team members at Good Word Digital, been working with him for over 10 years, 12 years. And he's a genius out in the Bay Area from D.C. Thank you. And um, one of the things you can do is subscribe to the Good Word Digital podcast. So Good Word Digital is my, is my business, my company. We're five and a half years old, almost six years from our incorporation. Really didn't begin operating in any form until a few months following incorporation. But in February, we'll be six years old. And it's quite a milestone, been able to make ends meet and get married and have two children and, and, and buy a home. And, and the business has borne enough fruit to sustain me and been blessed to have family support as well. I'm not going to pull punches about that. I'm, I'm tremendously blessed uh, <clears throat> to be a fifth generation college student and to have um, parents and other family members who are able to, to love and help and support and contribute and send clients my way and all kinds of stuff. So. I'm not going to sit here and act like I had to pull up by my bootstraps. And to the extent that I did, my boots have been pretty nice. (laughs) And, of course, there's others that may have nicer boots. And there's others that uh, have no boots, certainly. um, But I know I've I've been blessed and just want to share it. And that's what this is really all about. This episode is about Thanksgiving and uh, forbearance. And forbearance is a topic I wrote about in my, my book which you can still get for free. I'm losing money every day that I neglect to stop and take a couple hours to figure out how to print this thing on Amazon and sell it. Um, But I'm committing to doing that before January 1, if only because I know I have 10 days at the end of this month (laughs) um, to to have some downtime, at least when my kids are napping, to to, uh, focus on that and really come into 2019 having some books, even just because I want to give some of them away. I have people I want to mail them to. I met um, some some fellow um, Georgetown Prep alum last night I was at an event and um, man I'm just you know I don't know if many of you listen to the episode zero go back and listen to it you know may you know ha- make people have different feelings 
um, about me. And that's cool. But that's where I stand. Um, but I just uh, see prep as a place that has contributed so much to my life and to who I was um, and, and to who I am. <laughs> and, and in fact, it did that in great measure, not because it was easy, but because it was very hard. Um, in fact, it was very painful. And not all of that, um, that season of my life was not necessarily because of prep. Um, but oftentimes being at prep for most of my time there did not make it easier. Um, but part of that was just my growth. And I think all of us know, those of us particularly who know, who know Christ, but then all of us just in life understand that growth <clears throat> is not easy and true growth is painful. And I think the biggest trap that many of us, particularly as we get older and settle into jobs and paying bills and mortgages and children is that comfort. And it's hard to want to grow when your kids don't sleep at night as mine don't, <laughs> not every night. Um, and when you got to get your bills paid and there's the pressure of Thanksgiving and Christmas and you got to have forbearance with your family and with your job and end of year deadlines and on and on and on, man. So I know um, it can be just really hard to, to go through the pain and that growth. But as a young person, we were inevitably growing. And of course, in our teen years, as we transitioned from, a, from boys and girls to men and women, can be some of the most challenging no matter what your academic environment or home environment was like and so i'm just grateful um for the many people there who believed in me and supported me and um i, I want to be able to help other people have that opportunity um who could not otherwise afford it or even be aware of it and and be able to be a light perhaps where there may be places of darkness and not to say that uh prep is exclusive in having spots of light or spots of darkness. That's just uh, part of the human condition uh, on this earth. And, um, but prep is certainly a unique place because of the history, because of the uh, people and the tradition and the education and the reputation um, that it has to really open up doors and create opportunity for young men, young boys who otherwise might not have it. Some may always already have it, Perhaps many already have it and, and it's just continuing um, to open doors t t for them. And I you know, probably fall into the category of the many that already had it, right? Um, that already have it. And I know we want to usually parse these things by white and black, but I'll be the first to tell you white, black, or otherwise, I've lived one of the most privileged existences you could probably imagine in this country and in this world. And I'm just aware of that, not to brag and not to boast. I like hot butter on my breakfast toast, <laughs> but just being real, like I just, I've, I've traveled the world. I've been to the village with one hole in the ground for the toilet in Central America. I've, I've been able to travel and see and meet people from different backgrounds who come to America to get educated or who dreamed of coming to America to get educated um, and just have that perspective, that God perspective, that human family perspective and understand where we are here in America and the power and the blessing and opportunity we have every day. If you got food in your fridge and a warm house or a cooled house and, and, and uh, you know, roof, you, you have a lot of advantages and you have a lot of opportunity. So just trying to live into that. Thanksgiving, um, I really had a very uh, enlightening moment and I want to share the story. And it's a cute story. I was, uh, we were out at the Eastern shore of Delaware 
And, um, you know, my daughter, she's 19 months old. She's huge, right? She's big and strong. Um, she's like 100% on the growth chart. And Natalie, if you're hearing this one day, I love you dearly. And um, this is the podcast for you and your sister. And always remember that. Um, you were, Natalie was riding around on this little uh, truck. And you had to, it's like a Fred, Fred Flintstone. She had to push her legs to, to propel it. And she she would go up the driveway, push, 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 and then go down the driveway. And it would go kind of fast. And I would jog alongside of her to make sure she didn't get in the street. And then we were going up and down the sidewalk. And she was enjoying it. And it was a cool day outside. And there was no one else out. I forget where everybody else was. Or the other kids were off doing something. But she's the youngest in the, in the extended family. And she has you know a sister. And then she has uh, 11 uh, first cousins on her mother's side of the family. And then... Who, who we were with all 11 were around that weekend and then there are two on my side of the family so she has 13 first cousins but anyway she's the baby out of the all 13 she's the baby so anyway she kept wanting to ride into the street and I'm her father and I'm like baby you got the driveway and you got this sidewalk and this is I said it to her just plain as day I don't believe in Google Gaga talk and I said you got to go up and down this sidewalk or we can go up and down this driveway. I will be with you, but you are not going in the street. She did not want to hear it. She would pick, you know, with the cart, the truck between her legs, she would kind of pick it up by the handlebars and then turn to the left and want to go that direction. And she would drive over the grass. Now, the grass, of course, you know, is different than the sidewalk. It's, you know, it's grass. I'm not going to explain what grass is. And then there's the pavement. And there's some places there were trees that were there and, 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 so not certainly a physical barrier that would have prevented her from getting to the street, but at least a barrier to uh, a line of uh, a delineation, right? From, you know, the sidewalk to the grass and then there's the street. And I even took the time to point out to her, I said, hey, if you look, you know, these cars are coming. And their cars coming probably, you know, 15 to 30 miles an hour, somewhere in that range. It's a you know, community cul-de-sac. But there were cars pretty regularly, you know, one or two at a time coming through. And she's smart enough to know car. She can even say the word car. I said, car, no, no, Natalie, you know, we don't want you in the street. Uh, I said, that's the street. This is the sidewalk. I said, Natalie's on the sidewalk. You're on the sidewalk. You're in the driveway here. And I kept showing her and she was determined. She kept saying, no, no. And eventually would cry somewhat and got upset and would try to go through me, push past me, push over me, push between my legs to get to the sidewalk to the point where after I would stand in her way, because the grass was certainly not serving as a barrier to prevent her, I would have to like literally pick her up and put her on the sidewalk and point her to the direction. And even after I did that, she would still insist on going into the road. And I would have to stop her and stop her and stop her. And eventually I would walk her up the I would carry her with her truck up to the driveway, say, hey, let's do the driveway again. Distraction another thing so she would do that a couple times but then she'd try to go back to the road again this went on we were outside probably for about 30 or 40 minutes this went on for 20 of it at least probably half the time i tolerated it, her trying to the point where i said okay this is enough i'm tired it's cold we're gonna go you know you're fussing we're gonna go inside but in the midst of all this i really had a, a vision of, of who god is and i as a father i think i you know somewhat regularly have this vision and um, I was like, man, like how many times if our God, our father in heaven, do we try to go on the street? 
knowing that if we, well, we don't know it, but God knows, our Father knows that if we go on the street and a car comes and doesn't see us, we're going to get crushed. We're going to be destroyed. We're going to be killed. And there's grass there. There's a barrier. And there's a smooth path on the sidewalk for us to go. And God is redirecting us and pushing us and moving us and saying, go that way. Go that way. That's your path. Go, go, go. And we still want to go on the street. Why? We see the street. The street's bigger than the sidewalk. At the moment we see it, it's empty. There's no cars there, right? You get where I'm going here? And we're like, man, it looks like that street could be a lot of fun. I could go up and I could go across ways across the street. I could go up and down in the street. I could zigzag in the street. I could you know, spin around, you know, and maybe I could even end up in a different place if I go out onto the street. But of course, the street is dangerous, right? So I was just sitting there like, man, this is fascinating. I wonder how many times that me in my life or all of us have tried to go on the street and God has done so many things. God has sent people to us. God has told had our parents, our friends, situations, finances, health say, no, the street is, looks appealing. And one day when you're old enough, you won't have a little toy truck between your legs. You'll actually have an automobile and you can go in that street and that street will take you places. But now in this season of your life, Natalie, 19 year old, 19 month old, not 19 year old, although she acts like she's 19. You cannot go on the street with this little, old plastic truck. It's not happening. Not going to work. You will get crushed. You will get run over. You get run off the road or you'll get your father run off the road or kill trying to go grab you off the street. God forbid I let her go out there. And it just gave me a fascinating metaphor. And that's my Thanksgiving metaphor and Thanksgiving story. And I just am thankful for who God is that God, you know, prevents us sometimes physically carries us even we don't realize it and even we don't when we don't like it (laughs) we're we're just scooped on up and god says look here's your path go do this go do that and how many times in life do we try to get off of the path and go where we don't belong where god would not have us where in fact it is dangerous and we could literally be crushed or even killed or maimed Right in that, you know, crushed or killed can just certainly be being crushed or killed in our spirit or in other parts of the aspects of our life. But I think you get the metaphor and understand what I'm getting at. So just being a father just uh, enlightens me so much to understand how patient <laughs> God is. And in fact, how much forbearance uh, God has for for us. And... um and I wrote my devotional, um, now I was used, you know, a lot of, uh, different things from my own life, of course, in terms of what I had experienced in the story around forbearance, particularly interesting. I was having a challenging, uh, business circumstance and I just really didn't know what to do. And I was praying and praying and praying. I was angry. I was frustrated by the situation. And, um, I went to sleep and I was able to get some sleep and I woke up on my, and the first thing on my mind was the word forbearance, which was not a word I was familiar with and not a word I had ever used that I can recall. And the word in my mind literally just came to my mind, forbearance. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't even, I had an idea roughly of what it meant, but I really did not know right what it meant so first thing i did i love words is i went and looked it up and uh forbearance um, is a noun it it means patient self-control restraint and tolerance 
Um, synonyms can be tolerance, patience, resignation, endurance, fortitude, stoicism. Um, but I really like the patient self-control um, and then tolerance. And I think the, the first word is the best word, patience, right? And of course, the title of my book is Patience, Perseverance, and Prayer. You can still download it at russellfugit.com for free ebook. But it ain't going to be free after this month. I'm, I'm saying it here so I can hold myself to it. And you can tweet me or email me or contact me through my website or at russellfugit.com on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, and, and hold me to it. Um, I think this book not being out is holding me back from some things God wants to do for me. And I, I want him to, to be able to do everything he, he wants to do with me and for me and through me in 2019. So I don't want to get just trying to get out of my own way. And that's what this podcast is about. For my daughters so if you listen great if you don't it's for them <laughs> and that's just what i tell myself but forbearance man patient self-control and the idea of self-control i think sometimes you know in this society we overlook you know i can't help myself you know and, and sometimes that's true in situations of addiction or deep hurt sometimes the response to that you know it is truly in fact true and we need to get help we need to get counseling we need to get support so we can regain uh, self-control but then to have that patience, right? So how, how do we respond? Patience is often a response to a situation or a circumstance, right? We have to be patient. So I really did a deep reading on, on that and study on it and, and through the uh, Bible uh, on that. And, and I'm going to just read from my book, if you don't mind. So bear with me. Um, but day 27 in my devotional is the fruit of forbearance. The Bible verse is Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And I pray over my daughters that they will know and understand and uh, uh, resemble in their character the fruit of the spirit. Because Lord knows I've met some people who who do not have love in their hearts and who are, do not have uh, joy and, and do, are not at peace, certainly lack forbearance, for, lack forbearance lack kindness goodness and are not faithful and these things are all hard and we all have moments where we fall short but i hope that they and all of us can at least aspire to these things so what i wrote is people are difficult loving people is very difficult but jesus provides the perfect example of how we can love one another despite ourselves forbearance is a word many of us may not use regularly or be familiar with however it is one of the fruits of the spirit and is defined as patient self-control restraint and tolerance there will be people in our enterprises or whom our enterprise serves that will require a great deal of patience many times we let our preferences pride and emotions get the best of us i'm gonna stop there preferences pride and emotions so preference is what we prefer to have happen right because we we want what will serve us right and of course our pride our ego what we think is best because we think we have the right answer the right solution and the emotions that can be tied to those things right and how we feel um, can certainly uh, keep us from being uh, who God will have us to be and to getting where God wants us um, I'll keep reading and on many of these occasions or those occasions we may be justified so we could be right to have our preferences and even maybe even a little bit of our pride, may I say, Lord, forgive me if I'm wrong on that one. But sometimes we, we may be right. So we may be justified, but we must be careful to not make a mountain out of a molehill. Of course, God moves mountains, but they require our attention, work and prayers focused on moving them. 
We must persevere in forbearance by learning to see people as God sees them. So stopping there, that was my prayer that in my situation that led me to write this is that to help me to see this individual as God sees them. And then when you can really pray that prayer and understand that, then at that moment you can respond to them. And you don't even really have to, I've learned you don't have to ask for that. God will equip you. And even just as a result of seeing them as God sees them, you'll know how to respond, right? Again, focusing on the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, forbearance, then you'll know how to respond. It becomes self-evident, right? Once you see them as, as God sees them. So one of my prayers often is to help me see people as God sees them so that I therefore will know how to respond, how to treat them, and dare I say, how to love them, right? And that's the biggest challenge, right? So how do we get to that challenge? So um, I'll keep reading. We're almost done. When we seek that level of understanding, we'll realize oftentimes we are not the reason the person's attitude has proven challenging. Now, that's an important uh, part for me is to understand that we're not often the reason. And that's where pride comes in. Yeah, they don't like me. They're threatened by me. You know, they ain't as smart as me. They don't understand this like I do. Whatever that talk is, you know, that bravado even, right? Like that pride, like, <laughs> you know, they acting like this. I don't know why they, you know, maybe because I'm a woman or because I'm black or because I said this or because my mom is that or my daddy's this or they're that, you know, whatever it is, right? It's about me. It has something to do with me. Man, most of the times it has nothing to do with you. At, a, at its core, you know, the, in the in the in the situation, of course, that you're involved. So, of course, it has to do with you. But their attitude, their spirit through which they're approaching you, the core of what has caused that has nothing to do with you. Most times and many times, particularly, you know, in business. Right. The, the lack of joy, the lack of peace, the lack of uh, forbearance they may be having for you is not necessarily a result of of something you did or said. Right. It's something that's much has a much deeper root. So you have to see them in their imperfection as God sees us in our imperfection to then again know how to respond in love so that they might not be able, you might not be able in a business context or any other context in this relationship to be able to bring about any kind of uh, healing uh, for them. But at least in that situation, you might be able to bring resolution and peace. And most importantly, understand how to keep your own peace, which is always um, a key for me is how do you keep your keep your peace and I tell people that keep your peace don't don't let people rob you of your sleep and of your rest and of your peace um, so my last sentence on this one was this realization allow will allow us to stay mission focused and love people by showing restraint and restraint can be key because sometimes you want to lash out and tell people who they are <laughs> and how messed up they are and how wrong and stupid they are and you know how they're just getting in the way and, and how they're just causing conflict and strife and and don't make any sense you know they say one thing and then say something different the next day and i've experienced that lord knows or say one thing and then don't do something different or don't do nothing at all um and, and so you have to show that restraint because you could double down on the negativity with a negative response with pointing out the issue um the character flaw most importantly sometimes the, the issues you got to address right in business but you can point out the character flaw. You can get it can get personal, and getting personal rarely ever leads to a resolution in business. Um, and again, I'm giving it from the business. This is an entrepreneurial devotional. So getting personal, negatively getting personal, but learning how to practice that restraint and how to see people how God sees them. Man, you can know how to respond. 
Um, and how about this one? You may even know that you need to just walk away. Maybe that's how you love that person. If your relationship, if your business and you're causing so much strife and there's so much anxiety and, and it's not it's not happening, you know, and, and you're trying to, you know, force a relationship or a partnership or a, a client, you know, relationship or sell somebody something or acquire a business. And I've done all of those in various aspects of my entrepreneurial journey and it's just not working. I mean, yeah, I could spend the energy and like lash out and tell you how who you are, you know. But that restraint, right? So that forbearance, that love could even say, you know what? God bless you. I love you. You don't have to say this to that person, but in your heart, right? I'm stepping. I'm just going to step back. I'm stepping away. I'm walking away. I understand. It's not going to work, right? And, and you can say that prayer for that person and wish them well and keep it moving. And sometimes that's the restraint we have to, to show. And again, coming back to remember that it's not about us, right? And even if it is about us, it's not really supposed to be about us. It really needs to be about God, even in, the, in business. I know some people probably listen to this, like, Russ, you crazy. Like, you know, you're getting too spiritual when it comes to business and relationships. But business is about people. And, and so is Jesus Christ. Boom. That's it. It's that simple. So for people who say you can't have both, like, you know, it's been so fascinating, so I, I, I'll, I'll digress from forbearance, and, and I think the third thing I'll talk about today is I wrote a blog, which you can go on Medium, I think it's at Russell Fugit or at J. Russell Fugit. You can find my Medium uh, blog from my website, um, and then if you go to my website, sign up for my email newsletter. I'm sending that out at least once a month, where you'll get you know, a link to my latest blog, the podcast, and some special things will be in there as we go forward as well for people who subscribe, so I really appreciate it. But, um, man, like I wrote about adjusting my ambition in business to, to change my focus from focusing on a definition of success. And, you know, my uncle was a guy named Reginald F. Lewis. You can go to ReginaldFLewis.com and read about him. You can get his book, Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun. You can understand, like, man, my definition of success is like out of this world. You know, like if I compare myself to that, I'm probably never going to be content. I'm never going to have the peace, I think. And believe God wants me to have right um, and so what is success and success in adjusting my ambition is to be closer to God and from that the Bible tells us all things will be added on and um, it's just you know the some of the responses I got really uh, enjoyed but it's just fascinating to get perspective um, from other people um, who, who don't see how these beliefs and this perspective can be congruent with a business ethic, with an economic for-profit approach to life in a capitalistic society, right? And my response, very simply, is God has people and individuals in all aspects of our society and life, and we've all been made differently and fashioned differently and with different skill sets and different work to do. And I just pray every day that I'm in line you know, with that. But it's fascinating that people want to put God and even put the church in a box. And by the church, I do mean two, the two definitions. The church as in the people of God, as in the church. And then also the church as in the physical building that we, many of us often think of or the institution um, of the church. And say, wow, Russell, you have some great, interesting insights and thoughts. You belong in the second one, in the church, as a reverend or a pastor or a minister, and I said, "Yeah, I've been in a more formal setting in that as a volunteer, 
um, and other in, in past seasons in my life. And there may be future seasons where I will return to that work. But in fact, my ministry is right here in the marketplace where there are people who are conducting business and commerce and in professional settings who need to understand uh, who Jesus is and that there's an approach to people and relationships, right? Because that's, again, that's what drives business. Yeah, you want to have good ideas and be able to execute, but people execute. We don't have the artificial intelligence and the robots haven't taken over yet. <laughs> so um, you can read about if you want to read about that, I'll, I'll tell you where you can track that almost every day. There's some great reporting being done across a few different media outlets. But it's still about people in the day. And, and to the extent you can serve and take care of people and build relationships, you know, you may even actually have the best product or the best price. But people want to do business with and invest with and work with people they like and they know and they trust. And so, man, you know, who else would I rather align myself with than, than Christ and with, you know, Christian values, however you want to put it. And I'm not talking about religion. You can go to church on Sunday and be a heathen on Saturday and on Monday. And I know that's right. And, and we all fall short of that. But I'm talking about really taking some fun, the fundamentals of who Christ is in the gospel and applying that every day, right? And man, I'm not saying it's easy and it's saying I ha I'm not saying I have all the answers, but the ability to do that, the courage to do that and to not be bashful about it, and that's what I've had to draw from in recent months. Say so this is who I am, it's on podcasts, on public. If I run for office one day, if I buy a company one day, if I'm as big as Jeff Bezos one day, People want to tear it up, pull it apart, put it back together. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm trusting God. I don't care. So, I just really want uh, people to catch a vision uh, for who, for the breadth of who God is. It's not in a box. It's not just in a church building on a Sunday, um, but it's really in all aspects of of this world and our life. And we need even more of that in business. People who can create opportunities, create jobs, create wealth. To, to love people, to serve people, right? And and that's it. I mean, it's really that simple. You know, the Lord said in the Bible, Jesus said the poor will always be amongst us. And so we can look to government, we can look to philanthropy. But man, what about entrepreneurs who are doing things similar like Warren Buffett and others, Bill Gates who are giving away billions of dollars and, and, and thoughtfully executing programs that bring health and water and food and education to people who otherwise might not have it. Man, don't we need more of that in this world? Uh, we, still, we still have these challenges where we're going to need more of that in this world. And so um, I'm still working here. Excuse the phone ringing. I'm almost wrapping up. <laughs> so I'll get back to that call. Um, so this is very fascinating to get responses. And I think people often confuse religion uh, with faith in relationship and I'm not talking about religion I'm talking about um, relationship I read, I read a great devotional today it talks about people talk about the father and the son but they forget the third part of the trinity the holy spirit and that's the that's the source right when you have that moment when you want to snap off and you want to lose restraint on someone and they may deserve it that's when you got to call on the holy spirit you got to stop and pray in that moment and that's the relationship right I can't say, well, let me go back to listen to the sermon from last Sunday or wait till the following Sunday. You've got to be in that moment and draw from a source that's beyond the flesh, beyond your own capacity to love and to show restraint. And I know I have had to draw from that. And I'm fairly certain there's situations where I've had to draw from it that have prevented me from some, 
some very uh, ugly things, to be quite frank. And so I just want to encourage everybody today around Thanksgiving, around forbearance, um, and especially during this holiday season to have forbearance around um, family and loved ones um, who I know sometimes people have relationships and families that are, that are we're family, but we don't have a relationship. We don't have or know how to express love or have not done so in a healthy fashion. And Christmas can be very stressful economically and uh, emotionally for a lot of people. So I just want to encourage everybody, and I speak from experience on all fronts, to really have that forbearance to, to be prayerful, and to seek to remain in a place of wisdom and joy and peace um, during this season. And as we remember to celebrate the reason for the season. Because <laughs> we survived Thanksgiving and hey, maybe we can make it to Christmas. <laughs> I know y'all want to bash Kanye West, but Bound, the song Bound 2. I forget what, which album it was at the end of his album. I think it was the Yeezus album from 2013. <laughs> with Charlie Wilson singing the hook it's a it's a it's an interesting song but it's my favorite one of my favorite parts <laughs> so um anyway thank you for listening um this has been the, the Russell Fugit uh, 3XL podcast the, the X today really is about Thanksgiving and forbearance in the context of uh, the context of love um but we also got to establish that the, the leadership and the legacy too the three L's and um, I'm getting my speech from UNBC edited and boiled down I think the next episode you'll hear will be that and then I'm really going to uh, probably delve into some interviews I have some really interesting people um, that I want to get on here talking about um, business talking about faith talking about um, mental health and um, you know Hoping to get some other people here who, from other quadrants of life to not necessarily talk about their profession, but talk about their journey. And so I'm just building up. I'm getting from the forming into the norming in the next month or two. And I think by the spring, certainly, if not sooner, uh, we'll be storming. So please share this pod, subscribe. Um, you can follow me and engage with me across social media, Instagram. LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter at Russell Fugit, two S's, two L's, one G, two T. And of course, RussellFugit.com has gotten a little bit of a refresh. You can listen to the podcast there. And again, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. We are live. So thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking, sticking with us. This is Russell Fugit. And um, again, forbearance, peace, love, joy. Remember this season. And, and for those of us who have young ones in our homes and our lives, children, modeling those behaviors is hard <laughs> in, a, in a in a gimme gimme every tv commercial my daughter wants every toy she sees darn near it seems like but remembering to model the behavior and remind ourselves and remind everyone uh what this season is really about and who's it, who it's for and, and the spirit of love and joy and peace and faithfulness and, and forbearance these are the fruits that we want to really uh, be able to exhibit during this time and if someone's stressed and someone's down give them a hug give them a call give them a text be the light so on that note i'm russell fugit thanks for listening to my pod again please subscribe please share it please connect with me 
I'd love to hear some feedback. And if you want to be a guest here, if you think you got an interesting story, a perspective you want to share, hey, I'm open. This is a space I want to share it. I don't want to just be talking to y'all <laughs> twice a month for half an hour um, every week. So we're going to grow this thing. And I'm just blessed that, uh, that two of y'all are listening. <laughs> God bless you. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful December as we head towards Thanksgiving. And I'll be back as we head towards Christmas. And I'll be back in this space very soon. God bless.